0: Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. This is Anna Jaworski, and I hope you've been enjoying our spotlight on cardiac athletes. Lars Andrews wrote a book called Cardiac Athletes, and he was a guest on our program. He's now gearing up to assemble cardiac athletes, too, featuring stories about athletes who have undergone cardiac procedures. Some of the athletes were born with congenital heart defects, and some have acquired heart disease. I've been enjoying interviewing some of the athletes who will be featured in his book. And today, we're meeting Tracy Hopple. Welcome to Our Talk with Anna, Tracy. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the program. And I'd like to start by asking you
1: what your cardiac condition is. What I was diagnosed with is called high-grade AV block, type 3 intermittent. Wow, (laughs) This is the first time
0: I've heard of that. Okay. Can you break that down for those of us who don't know what that is?
1: In real basic elementary terms, the top of my heart doesn't talk to the bottom of my heart, the electrical charge between the two parts. Every once in a while, it's unpredictable. That's why it's called intermittent. The electrical connection just doesn't connect. And so my heart stops beating.
0: Oh my gosh. So is this one of the types of heart block? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so does that mean that you have a pacemaker or an ICD? I have a pacemaker. Mm -hmm. You do. Okay. How long have you had that?
1: I have had it since, I think, oh, eight. So what is that? Eight, nine years now? Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when did you first discover you had this condition? Well, it's kind of a complicated story. It took them about a year to diagnose me. Being female and being in my later thirties when I started having this issue come up, they blew it off. I was an athlete, so you know I shouldn't be training so hard, or my electrolytes were off, or this or that. So the first time I knew something was wrong is when my heart stopped. Um, the first time, but. Being young and female, the doctors had a hard time with anything really being wrong. They kept downplaying everything, but I knew something was wrong right away because you don't just pass out for no reason.
0: Oh my you know? gosh, you passed <laughs> out.
1: That's really scary. Well, I was actually driving down a highway at 60 miles an hour at eight o'clock in the morning, taking my son to an appointment. My eight-year-old was in the back seat and I went out cold. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. So what happened? Well, angels (laughs) surrounded us, I guess you could say. I just passed out. And when I woke a while later, we were in the very opposite lane. And I was surrounded by firefighters and an ambulance. And my husband at the time was there grabbing our son out of the car. And I just remember being loaded into an ambulance. And the next thing I remember is a hospital. I, I have very very intermittent memories of everything that went on that at that moment.
0: So you went into the other lane but you didn't crash into another car
1: or into a barrier or anything? Crazy enough. That's why I said angels wow. were around. Us. Yeah, that it was is rush- a miracle story. Yeah, it was rush hour. I Means there was traffic. I was zooming in and out of traffic trying I to this day don't understand how we did not hit Anything and no one hit us. I don't understand it at all, but wow. it, we were safe. We were safe. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. That's an amazing story. That would make an amazing TV show. <laughs> you know, I could, I could envision it in my mind right now, you and just passing out like that. So this is odd. It seems to me like this condition, you were probably born with it. It doesn't sound like an acquired condition, is it?
1: Well, they say it's hereditary. I just want to add one more thing. I need to give a shout out to my son. He was eight at the time, like I said. And somewhere along the line, he grabbed my cell phone and called his dad. And later he told me that he told dad, something's wrong with mommy. I don't know. I think she's dead. Oh,
0: poor baby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. I don't know how the ambulance got called. I don't know who called them. I think it was another driver who called them because from what I understand, my son was on the phone with his dad the whole time. So I'm not sure how that all happened, but my son did the right thing. He called his dad and called for help and did the right thing. It was pretty good.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. And at eight years old that he had the presence of mind to not freak mm-hmm. out and to grab the phone and do the best thing that he could at that time. That's an amazing story. Okay. Wow. He gets, he definitely gets a shout out. What's his name? <laughs> John. Way to go, John. Wow. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> that boy.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. But to back up, yeah. this is probably a condition you
1: were born with. Were you an athlete as a child? No, I didn't start running until I was in high school. I did gymnastics for a while, and then I joined the cross-country team in high school. But they said it was hereditary, that somewhere along the line it came from someone in my family, although we don't have any documentation of anyone having any heart issues. They said it was something I was born with, but nobody's, you know, how many times you go to the doctor, no one's ever found anything. But it's also not like I have EKGs and echocardiograms all the time. Right. No reason.
0: Or that your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents would have had those tests either. hmm So it's hard to know. Okay. So this was a condition, but you don't remember as a teenager or even in your young adult years passing out or having any problems?
1: Nope. Nope. Never, never.
0: So have never been they it. been able to explain why it was so long in showing itself?
1: this particular heart block tends to show itself in women. First of all, it's more prevalent in women and then women in their mid to late thirties. And so I was just a prime candidate, you know, that, that was me at that time. Wow. But,
0: yeah. Okay. So, so you that. had angels surrounding you. They delivered you to the hospital. <laughs> it sounds like, and, and those are fighters, Yeah. right. And so then you got to the hospital and what did they say?
1: While I was there for a while, they blamed it on other things that I was doing. I had run a triathlon the day before. This all happened on a Monday. I ran the first triathlon of the season that day before. So they said, oh, you're tired. Your electrolytes are off. You're overheated. Or, you know, they blew it off. And they couldn't find anything wrong. Hooked up to all these machines and wires and monitors and nothing showed up. Nothing showed up. And they sent me home saying, just drink more water. And... A few days later, it passed out again, and this was the story over and over and over for about a year.
0: Oh my gosh, for a year?
1: Yeah. They yeah. never sent you home with a Holter monitor in that whole year? They did. Eventually, after it kept happening and I was insistent that something was wrong, they finally gave me a Holter monitor. Nothing showed up on there because it's intermittent, so mm. there was no indication of anything that would happen, mm-hmm. so... After I would pass out and wake up, my heart would be back to its normal rhythm. And by the time I push the button on the Holter monitor, it's too late. Right. They couldn't catch anything. I literally, this is crazy, but I literally had a doctor write on his notepad, go see a psychiatrist and gave it to me. Oh, (laughs) Tracy,
0: I'm so sorry. You would not believe how many times... I am hearing this where the doctors just think that it's all in the person's head and it clearly is not. Okay. So what was the breakthrough that finally occurred where you had that, hopefully a professional or you had an aha moment or what, what happened to finally get you the right diagnosis? Well, I eventually
1: became allergic to the adhesive on the electrical pads for the Holter monitor. So they implanted a monitor inside me and it read my heart. So it automatically read anything that was going on cardiac wise. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having a pretty significant episode at the end of March. And it was in the middle of the night. And I woke up, my husband made me go to the doctor the next day to have the monitor read, they Mm -hmm. just scanned like grocery store scanner thing over me and, and it popped up on a computer. Before that, I had gone in, I was um, doctoring at Mayo up in Rochester, great, great facility. And at that time, I had had that little implanted monitor read a couple of times. And my cardiologist, he wasn't too sure what was going on, but he had an intern. And the intern actually said, I need you to come in the hallway, step in the hallway. I think I know what's wrong. And he didn't want to say anything in front of me out of respect for his supervisor Mm -hmm. and came back in and he said, I think you might have high grade AV blot and we need to do one more test and all this stuff. So he was the one who first kind of called it out, this intern. wow, Yeah. And he had enough gumption to talk to his supervisor, my cardiologist and say, I think this is what was wrong with this woman. So they kind of had a little bit of a feeling about that. And then when I had that final episode, went in to have the data read and the nurse said, your heart stopped. The intern was right. You have high grade A B block. We need to do surgery immediately.
0: Oh my gosh. We need to do surgery immediately. Did your heart just sleep out of its chest then? Like,
1: oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, What? No. I'm like, you're being dramatic and I I blew oh her off. At that yeah. Point. Well,
0: when you're I'm being like, told no. by one doctor, go see a psychiatrist and then You know, a short time later, somebody says, oh, I think we need to open you up. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was so kind. Her name was Pam. I'll never forget her. She knelt down and she grabbed my hand. She had tears in her eyes. She was very, very sensitive about the whole thing. She said, sweetie, this is not good. You actually died. We need to do surgery immediately. I need you to stay at the hospital. Who can we call for you? And I was like, I'm going home. I'm not staying here. I got things to do.
0: (laughs) And she was like, You're not going in a car. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so wow, what an amazing story.
2: The most common theme that I hear is why.
0: She always needed um, a lot of attention. She had strokes.
1: Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it helped me be part of the solution.
2: Heart to heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments.
0: Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. physical state you can probably be in and something catastrophic like this happens to you and did you have to have open heart surgery
1: no thank goodness Good. um I, it's one of the lucky ones just a quick easy i think it was like a two-hour surgery to implant a pacemaker and that was it it was it was scary i mean don't get me wrong i was somewhat awake during the surgery but um, not as bad as so many of the other cardiac athletes that i know
0: right but now you've got a chunk of metal in your body that wasn't <laughs> right. there before. Right. What did you do after the surgery?
1: Well, I was training for Ironman Wisconsin at the time. I had done several triathlons in this year's time. I had done half marathons. I kept going with my athletics. So I was training for Ironman Wisconsin because I was registered for it and I said okay I've got this pacemaker I can't move my arm I can't even get a shirt on I can't wash my hair when can I start swimming again you know (laughs) and the doctor looked at you and said really (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like Uh, I'm a runner I get it but you need to calm down (laughs) really how how long does this take? I didn't want to lose any ground in my training. Um,
0: I know. And it doesn't take long, does it? No. It's no. like what, 36 <laughs> hours and your muscles start to show a difference, which is why Olympic athletes are training all the time because... Yeah. You're at your peak performance. Okay, so it's scary to think that you got yourself in this peak performance. You're really doing great. And now, like you said, you can't even wash your hair. That's kind of scary. You know, how am I going to swim if I can't put my arm up? It's kind of hard to swim one-armed. I mean, I guess you
1: can well, what he did is he said, as soon as your incision heals enough, a couple weeks, give it time to close. He said, I'll let you in the pool so you can do kick drills. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so he was really understanding and he was he worked with me, but I, I listened to him for once. I don't usually listen to doctors. And <laughs> so I listened to him. I followed his advice and I was back at it probably eight weeks, maybe three months later. I was back fully back to training. Wow. It took about eight weeks to be able to swim, like get a, over. There was a little bit of fear, you know, sure. like, okay, I've got these leads attached to my heart. If I raise up my arm, am I going to pull the leads out? You know, there's, it's like you said, I've got this hunk of metal in my body and I'm not right. used to it. So right. how does this change my life? Does it change my life? And and so there was some, a little bit of grieving, I think. And sure. Sure to it and learning. And, you know, there was a transition for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, three months later, I was back at it fully and went and did Ironman a few months later. And it was all fantastic. Oh, my gosh.
0: I hope you're going to share some of those photos with us because I just can't wait to see what you looked like running (laughs) a triathlon after having had this medical procedure and having a pacemaker. This is really inspiring for other
1: people who might need a pacemaker. Oh, thank you. I, I don't know. It just, I don't want to make it sound like nothing. And I surely don't want to be ungrateful, but it was just, I was so relieved to finally have an answer and to be able to get on with my life. My friends were all worried about me. My family, of course, was petrified. Sure. I mean, I had to talk about plans if I died. I had to prepare my eight and nine-year-old, my nine and 10-year-old for if mom dies. You know, it's just, that was all done and over. And I was so relieved. And I'm like, okay, I can move forward. And it just, it was something I could let go and just have my life back again. So it was kind of good. It was very good, actually.
0: Yeah, it sounds like actually running the race, and doing all of that gave you back that sense of normalcy that you had before this whole thing blew up. Right, exactly. That is so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. And so is John out there running with you? (laughs) <laughs> he's
1: a lacrosse player, so he runs, wow. but he's on the lacrosse field. Yeah, he's a middie, So Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this has been an awesome story. So tell me what
1: being a cardiac athlete means to you, Tracy. It means that no matter what's going on with you, you can do anything you set your mind to. As long as you've got the right support and the right frame of mind, nothing can stop anybody from doing anything positive in their life. And it's great to have cardiac athletes, all these other people in our group and around the world, also promoting that message that you don't need to be stopped. Anything can happen. Just keep moving forward.
0: I love it. I love it. I love that you kept moving forward and you had angels around you and that you're willing to acknowledge that there was something greater. There was a greater power (laughs) at work in your life, Tracy. And I think that there's a greater power that wants you to tell your story and wants you to inspire others.
1: Yeah, I love to do that. It's really important to let people know. There's so much negativity in the world and people have so many doubts about themselves. And I hate seeing that because you really can do anything that you set your mind to. It's not going to happen overnight. Don't get me wrong. There's work involved, but it, it really can happen. Just even, you know, having a pacemaker doesn't stop me. Nothing would stop me. There's people who have situations way worse than cardiac athletes do and they go on. It's just... Mm-hmm just sometimes part of life it's a bump in the road and you go okay and you deal with it and you make your plan and you keep going forward
0: i love it well this has been a wonderful show thank you so much for coming on today tracy well thank you for having me i'm so pleased to finally meet you and talk with you and thank you for letting me share my story oh this was this was wonderful and there are people out there who have different types of heart block they need to know that it doesn't have to stop their lives
1: that's right. And they have to be careful. I mean, it's something mm-hmm. to mess with. Right. But it does not have to stop them from doing anything. I think anything is possible. You make a few tweaks, a few adjustments, and you're good to go.
0: I love it. Well, that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. If you're interested in learning more about the book, Cardiac Athletes, check out the link to Amazon in our description. And if you'd like to contribute to book two, please contact Lars Andrews. Will you be doing that? Will you be sharing your story, Tracy? Yep. I have a chapter in, in Lars' book.
1: Awesome.
0: Very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Okay. So folks, you're going to want to buy the cardiac athletes too, because then you can read more about Tracy and I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll be featuring another cardiac athlete. And until then, remember my friends, you are not alone.
2: Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network.